0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Praise you, Lord. We love him because he first loved us. Let's love him back this morning, amen? Praise you, Lord, today. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Before I even start on the message today, you don't have to get all somber. I'm I'm not about to give an obituary. You know what I really marvel at these days is the acceptance of the ridiculous. See, this is this is what happens. This is what be ready to be offended. Those of you that are easily offended. Just be ready. See this is this is what happens when everybody plays pretend. You see we we play pretend when we're 5 years old. When we're 6 years old. You know all the way up to 10, 12 years old we we play pretend. We you know back in back in my day, you know you would get your your cowboy boots or your hat and your your holsters and your six guns with caps and all that. And you, you played pretend. You pretended you were a cowboy, even though you lived in the suburb, uh, suburbs of Norfolk, Virginia, in a, off of a Navy base. There wasn't a cowboy in sight. There wasn't, there wasn't a piece of cattle in sight. But yet you, you pretended. And see, that's what's happening today. The reason why we have mushroom clouds hovering over cities in Ohio And I know that it's not cities, it's a city. Try mute on your phone. Everybody try that for me. Switch over your phones right now and turn it on to mute. You all have that function. But the reason why those things have happened is because everybody is playing pretend. They're going along because the consequence of not playing pretend is not worth it to the people who who know it's pretend. So they just go along. I don't want to be, we we'll use church vernacular, I don't want to be judged. I don't want the societal consequences. I don't want the name calling. I don't want to be deemed as unreasonable or a conspiracy theorist or a zealot. I don't want the consequences of not playing pretend, so I'm going to play pretend. The reason why we have a mushroom cloud floating over Palestine, Ohio, is because the entire citizenry of the United States decided to play pretend, led by the church. When you sow idiocy into the ground, idiocy is coming up. Let me show you what idiocy is. When you have trains that crash with vinyl chloride in them, kept at boiling temperatures, you might not want to do what's called a controlled release. And then not only do you do a controlled release, then you light it on fire. First of all, nobody's even ever heard the term controlled release. What the heck is a controlled release? When have we ever done a controlled release of vinyl chloride or any other toxic chemical, let it fly into the air and light it on fire? When did we ever mask our entire country? You sow it into the ground, it's coming back up. Oh, it's over all the, no, no. New York City is about, to reinstate their vaccine mandate, to stop transmission and infection using a vaccine that doesn't stop transmission and infection. Idiocy! If you are a Christian, it is your moral, biblical requirement to call out idiocy for what it is. It is not loving to pretend That idiocy is not idiocy. We're going to block a respiratory virus 0.06 to 0.14 microns with a mask. Idiocy. But many people were like, you know what? If I don't don the mask instead of my black robes, if I don't don the mask, then there's a societal consequence. I'm gonna be labeled as unreasonable. And I said this last night. There's many people that are now starting to settle back into the old world. Whether it's no longer attending this church or other churches that was their only option during COVID. Now they had to drive a couple hours to get here. Now they're going back into their COVID-caving churches. They're settling back in because especially in a DeSantis-led Florida, it feels somewhat normal. Nothing feels normal to me. I sense the oppression of the Antichrist spirit. I sense it. I wrote these countries down. Netherlands, Scandinavia, and Canada are all either requiring or installing biometric common passes, biometric IDs, In other words, digital identity, social credit systems, it's already fully installed in the Netherlands and Scandinavia. The Netherlands actually voted against it, but their government instituted it anyway. Their their democracy is dead because they've all redefined democracy, which is another level of idiocy. Let's redefine democracy as censorship. Censorship, Mangala-style vaccine experiments and various other mandates and, and loss of freedoms, and we'll rename it democracy. And if you dare say anything about, you know what? I'd like a forensic audit of an election, You're, you're speaking against a democracy. A forensic audit is democracy. Idiocy. And you as a Christian are obligated. When something is a lie or something is stupid, to call out that which it is. It's not politics, it's right and wrong, it's the Holy Spirit versus the Antichrist Spirit. You have to call it out. Amen. I never thought it would come this fast, but it did. It did because a lot of people decided that they were going to bow to idiocy. You will call a woman a man and a man a woman. Don't, ever. Well, I might go to jail, go to jail. That'll never happen, it's already happening in Canada, already happening in England. You, you can't stand outside of an abortion clinic, You can 500 feet away and silently pray in England, you get arrested absolute fact, silently you can't just stand there like this. The, the people who are praying won't lie so they get arrested for it. What are you doing standing there? Well, I'm not doing anything. They're, not gonna sit, they're a Christian, they're not gonna lie. I'm standing here silently praying that babies don't get killed in this abortion clinic. They're even outside of anywhere close to it. Idiocy. You don't comply to it. If it means that you end up with the iron bracelets around your wrists, so be it. There's no going along to get along anymore. We would already be Scandinavia. And right now in Canada, what Justin Trudeau is doing, a, a young global leader of the World Economic Forum, what he's doing is he is requiring all of his provinces, which are states like Quebec. I don't even know what they all are up there, but the various, the various provinces, that if they don't go into this biometric ID system, he's gonna cut off their federal funding for, for Medicare, for their version of Medicare, where they have socialized medicine. He's gonna cut off their funding unless everybody gets a biometric ID card. That didn't exist three years ago. It didn't exist 18 months ago. But through... Stupid compliance. Well, there's nothing really wrong with what they're telling me to do. Really? Controlling every aspect of your life is not wrong to you? When they control all the product, they control the consumer. If you have no access to the product, you are controlled. If every last aspect of your life is on this, your banking, your passport, your access to a pharmacy is all on this phone, which is the requirement now in several countries. Ukraine being one of them. Ukraine has no cash, none. Anything and everything that you want, need, or desire is only access through this phone. That he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right, head, right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. This is what it's about. It's, what, it's not politics. I don't, I don't care if somebody buys an electric car, even though you're dumb to do it. That would be just politics. Well, here I am, saving the planet because as I drive around, I'm not emitting CO2. Only problem is, is that the reason why you're able to drive around is because the batteries were charged with CO2-burning coal-fire or natural gas-powered plants. Whoops! Idiocy! The mining that it takes to get the minerals for those lithium batteries requires a car's usage of about 20 years. One flight on a private jet is worth your your car's entire CO2 burning for its own lifetime. Not for for the car's lifetime, your lifetime. And now you got 600 planes flying into Davos, idiocy. Well, I don't want to say anything. That's not Christianity. Is that the is that the posture of Jesus Christ? I'm not going to say anything. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! He said stuff without hesitation. You are like whitewashed tombs. This is these are not only the religious leaders that everyone thinks Israel was under Rome. That was that was a very Tacit far off leadership. The Israelites lived under the Sanhedrin, which were Pharisees and Sadducees, and he's calling them hypocrites, whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones, filled with all uncleanness. And you think you're supposed to go along to get along, and that's Christ like? It's not Christ like. We formed our own version of Jesus that makes us very comfortable and conforming to the pattern of the world. You got to be a good neighbor, a community partner, community partner with the mushroom cloud boys. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna partner up with a bunch of baby butchering monsters. Partner up with the guys who actually think it's smart. You know what? Let's create a new term. Let's call it a controlled release. And just let it out into the atmosphere and light it on fire. Controlled release. Now, something that's rarely talked about in Christianity, now I'm starting the message, is decisions. Don't worry about it. People just can't take it. It's just the way that it is. People can't take it. That's life. People are going to get up and leave. They can't take it. The love of most will grow cold. They can't take it. You you have to have the Holy Ghost backbone in these end times. The weak-sauce Christians are going to get up out of these services and leave. If you don't come in and every other word you say, love, grace, love, grace, love, grace. They don't even address their failings. They don't address their sin. They're gonna burn, they're gonna burn in hell for all of eternity because nobody ever told them anything. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? No, Tom, they believe in Jesus. No, they believe in a fraudulent, idolic Jesus. A Pharisaic Jesus that's been created by modern-day Christianity. It doesn't matter how you live. And what's so weird is, and, I, and, I, and I've been saying this for two straight podcasts, is it doesn't matter what you espouse and what you believe in comparison to reality. What do you, what do you mean, Tom? Well... If you use our national debt as an example, Tom, what's this got to do with Christianity? A lot. What is it, if you, if you take our national debt, which will be at the end of this year, uh, about $32 trillion. In, 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 in 2000, it was just under a trillion. After eight years of George Bush, eight trillion. After eight years of Barack Obama, 19 trillion. After uh, four years of Donald Trump and COVID, 26 trillion. It's all a great delusion to bring in a one-world commerce system with a singular access point controlled by a tyrant. But if you sit there and you go, "Oh, you know what, I just think the economy is great. Biden's great. This is great. We have the lowest unemployment rate ever and all these, and you're saying that it's great. Is that gonna spare you from a devalued dollar? no. See, you can, you can be offended all you want. Judgment's coming. Now, we took the vaccine. You, okay, the blood clot's coming. Will it come for everybody? I don't know, but if you, it's coming for a lot of people. Do you read the latest out of the state of Florida? Joseph Ladapo, our Surgeon General, commissioned a, a peer-reviewed study Yet you are 84 times more likely as a man, 18 to 39, to have a heart attack within 28 days of your vaccination than the unvaccinated. Absolute fact, it's all over the internet. These are doctors, epidemiologists, cardiologists. It's absolute fact. You can run all you want. You can be like John Legend, which I showed on the podcast last night. You know, me and my family, we're getting our fifth vaccination. It's not, just because you're espousing propaganda doesn't make propaganda real. We, well, we don't want to face this. Let's get up and get out of the church real quick. We don't want to face it. We caved. We, we had the opportunity to stand. We don't want to face that we failed. So let's get out of here. It doesn't change the fact that you're going to answer for it. Nothing changes it. You, you, if you have unsaved children right now, telling yourself, I'm a great parent, I'm a great parent, I'm a great parent, doesn't change the fact that if your kids don't change, they're going to hell. So something needs to change. You must take action and do a, a, a vaunted word that nobody ever accepts any longer. Repent. Repent. Something is rarely talked about in Christianity, and that is decision-making. That's today's message. We're still in levels. We're still talking about being your own false prophet, but decision-making is never talked about in Christianity. You ever notice it? It's never ta- and, and why is that? Now we're commanded in Romans chapter 12 verse two to no longer conform to the pattern of this world. What doesn't get talked about in the world? Decision making. Nobody ever talks about decision making. All they do is assign blame on somebody other than themselves instead of actually looking at their own decisions. What decisions did you make? It's everybody else's fault. Something out of my control's fault. That I people who are 50 and 60 years old are still blaming mom. Well, I was abuse I get that you were abused. I was in law enforcement for 25 years. It's most of my career in the youth services section of the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office. I know about abuse. I know about abuse of children. But if you got abused when you're eight or nine years old, and that's still your reason for living a subpar life, a life of victimization, you're not making the correct decisions, nor does the, even the realm of decision making enter into the realm of your life. You make your decisions, you decide whether you're thin, you decide whether you're fat. You decide whether you lack, you decide whether you're blessed. You decide. You decide whether you go to heaven or whether you go to hell. You decide. Nobody talks about it anymore. Decision-making is actually taken out of the realm of the church. That's why you see people get up and walk out of here because they've been taught their entire lives That God's grace came in, doesn't matter what I do from henceforth, it's all the will of God. Completely erroneous, not the Bible, a Bible they never read. A Bible that is Jesus. Jesus is the word. John 1.1, John 1.14, 1 John 5.7. Jesus is the word. Most Christians when they hear the word, don't believe that that's Jesus. That's why they all put masks on. It's why they all lined up for vaccinations and closed their churches. Why they're all so compliant. They're following a Jesus who wasn't compliant saying that Jesus was compliant. It sounds like trying to stop... Transmission and infection using a vaccine that doesn't stop transmission and infection. It's all the same spirit, and it's all leverage. It's how the, that's how the enemy works. That's how the world works. I don't want to suffer the consequences of the truth. Well, what's the truth? What's the truth about me? Have I screwed up my kids? Yeah. But Tom, you got good kids, they're both saved. I understand that. But to some degree, I screwed them up. My wife never watches TV. Remember, this is before everybody was a walking automaton. Uh, this is before all of that. Remember when the only screen that you could watch was your TV? Remember that? When you actually had to be home to stare at a screen instead of with your wife at a restaurant, neither one of you talking, you're both looking at your phone. And you wonder why you have nothing in common and you've fallen out of love? There's another love in your life. But the reason why my kids started watching TV is not my wife, it was me. I ruined my kids' ability to drink regular milk because I got up when I was in charge. Is every weekend my wife would work and I was at home alone with the kids. Frightening, but I was home alone with the kids. And when I got them up, I squeezed Hershey's chocolate syrup in their bottles. They never drank regular milk again. I've never—they're 22 and 24. I've never seen them drink regular milk since. Norma used to wake up and she didn't know how to say chocolate, so she said chock wick. wick milk. That's how right. your eyes would still be closed and just reaching out. Chock milk. <laughs> I've showed my kids fear, I've shown my kids temper tantrums. The only difference between me and you is I admit it. You'd rather live in the delusion. I'm just parent of the year, only in your own mind. I'm husband of the year, only in your own delusional mind. You're like, Tom, where do you get all this from? Because I've been pastoring for 18 years, in law enforcement for 25, with a 13-year overlap. People live in delusion. I've told you many times. I remember the guy, he used, to, he used to be straight out. He just lived a marriage conference 24-7. That's how he talked. However he, was, however he was trained in the marriage conference to speak, that's how he talked all the time. There's my bride. There's my beautiful bride. There's the love of my life. And I knew them, and I knew she hated him. I don't, I don't mean... A little bit of in and out hatred every now and then. I mean 24-7 hatred. There's my bride. Put out the stupid little Facebook paragraphs that everybody puts out on their anniversaries. I just, I just want to thank God for the greatest gift that's ever come. I know you. I know you too. You fight incessantly. You hate each other way more than you ever love each other. And yet you put out that tripe. So that people think something, just put your mask on. Delusion. Run from it. But you, oh man of God, flee these things. It's all about the decisions that you make. This life, as it's quoted in Galatians chapter two, verse 20, that we now live in the flesh. We are currently living in the flesh, amen? Everybody breathing in here. And you are currently living in the flesh. This life that we are living in the flesh is all about decisions. You have, many of us right now, we are buffering in our life. Because there's backed up decisions that we refuse to make. Will I acknowledge this? Will I do this? Will I stop doing this? Will I start doing that? They're all backed up. There's like 30 of them. And you go to a Bible study and you espouse your greatness. Hasn't been a soul won. Hasn't been a miracle performed. You don't even pay your tithe. And you talk about how great, and you're buffered up. Nothing's really happening in your life. But Christians, this is the only place. Christianity inside the modern church is the only place on the planet, until the planet completely converts into this, which it is going to, meritlessness inside of the church. That's how our culture is trying to be. It's called equity. Equality of outcome instead of equality of opportunity. And that same spirit that's out in the world has come into the church. Everybody's equity. No you're not, there's levels. There's Christians that achieve and there's Christians that don't. See, I'm being sweet. I didn't say you're going to hell. I said there's Christians. That means inherently you're going to heaven. Otherwise, I'd say church goer. There's Christians that achieve and there's Christians that don't. The only problem is, is when I don't achieve, you know what I say? I'm useless. I do. I'm useless. I'm just floating. So, you guys are so stunned by that. You see the facial, look. you should see your own facial expressions. I'm going to have to rig the camera at some point. <clears throat> to where it zooms in on your facial expressions. I was, I was walking this morning and I ran into one of my neighbors. Great, great lady. But all she does with her husband is basically tend to the yard. Great people. Love Ron DeSantis. We got a lot in common. But I'm like, how is that all there is? I have to have a purpose. I have to be accomplishing something. But most people believe that they are accomplishing, and they're not. What are the accomplishments? Can you name them? I really feel like I'm growing right now. At- I'm just sensing a brand new revelation of grace. You said that 12 years ago. Where's the stats? We're, we're, we're socialists in the church. We're not merit-based. Yes, you have, you have grace, but for whom much is given, that grace. Much is demanded, so where are the stats? Decisions. It's somebody else's fault. Mom's fault, dad's fault, it's color of my skin's fault, past victimization's fault. Is that how God's, now again, you can tell yourself that, but reality is coming. The great white throne judgment is coming. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him. For the things done while in the body, whether good or bad, 2 Corinthians 5 10. It's coming. You can tell yourself whatever you want, but reality is coming. That's how I live. I live knowing that I will stand before not Yahweh, not the Holy Ghost, Jesus himself, because he is the judge. John 5 and 23. All judgment has been given under the Son. Has Jesus ever preached as judge anywhere, any other church but foundation church? No, he's, t- he's, he's preached as tie-dye-wearing bongo player. All accepting, all accommodating. He's not. I know that that's coming. So when I'm not producing, I go ahead and say what God will say. You're not producing nothing. Either make the tree good or make the tree bad. Produce. Quiet in here. That's why the young couple got up and left. They get up and leave every week. I see them. Sometimes you don't. They happen to have the guts to stand up right in the middle of service. service. Credit credit to them. I have a tendency to empty out rooms. I was invited to speak at the uh, Trump Club for Charlotte County this week. And I warned them. Great, great bunch of people. And they were were all great, but I warned them coming in. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you Trump does everything right. Because he doesn't. I'm not going to tell you that DeSantis does everything right. He doesn't. Florida was locked down. It was. It wasn't for Rodney Howard Brown being arrested. Who knows what would have happened. That's when the church got deemed essential 36 hours later. We weren't before. So I, listen, whatever is, the reason why, I don't, I don't preach the truth because it's my shtick. That's my hook. I, I preach it because I know that's what's coming for me. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly, James 3.1. So I know that I'm not gonna be speaking great swelling words of emptiness because I know that I will stand before Jesus himself and answer for the things that I said. I can tell myself that I preached love all I want. Is it his version of love though? Because that's what you're gonna answer for. Was it his version of love? When you told people to just sin unabatedly, because God's grace, there's never, there's, there's no sin that God's grace won't cover. And it's called unrepentant sin. Amen. No, really, Ananias and Sapphira were they covered in blood? No, they were carried out by their ankles and armpits. That's the gospel. The reason why nobody stood. Is because they're not preached a real gospel, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. They don't know God. They don't know the God that they allegedly espouse, but they're really not even espousing that God. They're espousing a God of their own creation. That's 99% of the churches worldwide. You're telling me they're all going to hell? No. That's the same thing in the, in the book of, uh, of, of Corinthians and really Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, all of them were corrections brought to the churches. The same thing with the seven churches in the book of Revelation, five of which were not good. Only Smyrna and Philadelphia were good, the rest were not. Where he was threatening to remove their lampstand, to remove their influence from its place. And what's happened today is that churches have created their own version of God and they worship that idol. And it's an idol. And not us. The word is the word. What's the point of hiding from it? It's the same thing as a $32 trillion deficit. You're going to have to address it. It doesn't matter how long you pretend it's not coming. We all see it coming now. Look at Eggs. Well, how much are they a carton now? Shout it out! I heard nine. I heard six. I don't know how many. What it is? I don't shop. All I do every day is wait for my wife's phone call. That's just. What, what do you want for lunch? She says it's way sweeter than that. She really does. What do you want for lunch? I don't know. Let's say. Five Guys, Chili's, El Primo, Public Sub. Let's see. That's all I do. So I have no idea what's going on in this store. Tom, don't you ever eat any vegetables? No. All the vegans I know, all the vegetarians I know are the sickest people I've ever met. All the people that take their various supplements, are all sick. Yesterday, I sat down on the couch with my two triple bacon cheeseburgers from Five Guys, and what I love about Five Guys, you order the fries, and then they dump all the extras in the bag. It's great. My 64-ounce Slurpee and my 16-ounce chocolate shake, and I never get sick. Because I bind and loose. I, listen, I know there's exceptions to the rule. I, listen, I know that it can get absolutely absurd where people just are incredibly unhealthy, whether the extreme of the extreme. I get it. I get it. But I'm just like, what I do for my vegetables is I order this powder called Fielder Greens. Got it from the Dan Bongino show. Brick House Nutrition. It's high-dollar stuff. It actually is quite expensive. And what I do every day is here's how I eat my vegetables. I grab a scoop of that stuff. I just throw it right in my mouth. You're supposed to mix it. I just throw it right in my mouth, put water in there. (laughs) Done. Vegetables are done. No steaming broccoli. No cooking nothing. Done. I don't want to chew that vile weed. Newman Seinfeld. <laughs> Who wants to work at tasting horrible?) <laughs> I don't want to spend all that time chewing those stumps. and just put it right there in my mouth. I'm done. I'm I mean, it's done. 12 seconds. I'm done. If that, probably like five seconds. What does that have to do with anything? I can't remember even why I was talking about it, but now you know a little bit more about my life. Huh? Oh, it cost a vague yeah. But, but bottom line is, regardless, the truth is coming around the corner. It doesn't matter how much you propagandize, it doesn't matter what you believe. The truth is coming, unless you believe the truth. Then it matters what you believe. The life that we are living in the flesh is a life of decisions. Deuteronomy 30, 19. And I don't mean everybody in Christianity, leave this up for me, thinks in vast ideology, vast thoughts. What is God's future plan for me? What's going to unfold? That's a loser's way of thinking. The way that you should think is second by second. Minute by minute. is it, You really should be that stringent? Do you ever read the Bible? Well, we are commanded to take every thought captive, and, and however he thinks in his heart, so is he. Second, that's 2 Corinthians ten five. In Proverbs 3, 7. Proverbs 23, 7. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean, okay, I choose life, I'm done. That's how people are, that's how people are actually taught in the church. I choose life, I'm finished. No, it's every second. I'll read it to you again in my, my own translation. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, moment by moment. Second by second, therefore choose life moment by moment, second by second, that you both you and your descendants may live. See, the problem with the modern Christian family is they say, we are Christian. But you don't, you don't take every thought captive. You don't take every action captive. You don't take every word captive. So your kids have no interest in this vague Christianity. Now that's something I didn't fail at. My kids would see an active Christianity. Dad, why are you not doing this? Why are you doing that? It's not just I have pronounced us Christian. And now there's no more action. No, it's second by second. They would see me control my mouth. Making that second by second decision. Not just everything I say, everything I do is just fine because we've been pronounced Christian. No, even as Christians, there's things that we do that are not Christian. And there's things that we do that are. That's what this is about today. And this is especially important in light of today's great delusions. Will I deny myself? Let me talk to the big talkers in the room are you aware that we're actually told in scripture like tom you're a hypocrite you're a big talker i know i struggle but i've learned now i've stopped i've keep my mouth shut i don't give everybody my advice anymore when i see them glaze over And they have no interest. And it's not only that. I don't even get to that place. They have to ask. I don't give my advice. At all. But you're like, they need to know. No, they don't. That's your carnality on the inside. You're not denying yourself. They all, I've got to say what I've got to say. No, you don't. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven, and you are on earth, so let your words be? You. you obey that? We're second by second, Christianity. But if I don't say it, I don't get any satisfaction, and people are not being blessed by it. Did they ask? Did they ask? See, you came into this room today, besides the couples that have left, asking for it. So I'm giving it to you. I'm not coming to your house today. Hello? Did you want some more? So ask yourself, do I deny myself with my my mouth? Do you have to say that to your husband? You know, I just, uh, you know, how many times have I asked you to pick up your shoes? Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> deny yourself. Second by second is Christianity. Life is a series of decisions. Second by, will I deny myself? Will I hold my tongue? Will I pray? Will I come to church? Will I make that decision? Will I do the four essentials? Prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship. Will I do it or will I not? That's Christianity. If we are commanded in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, to take captive every thought, then you need to know that's God's requisite. That that's Christianity, is taking every thought, every action, every word captive. Make it obedient to Christ. Nine times out of 10, you're not to say anything. You're like, Tom, you do that? Yeah. You walk into a room full of COVID cavers and say nothing? That's right. I do. They ask? Watch out. Watch out. Tune into the podcast? Watch out. You asked. You're asking. I've learned to control my mouth. Isaiah 5, 20 and 21. This is very important considering today's delusion that we live, because you're gonna. the delusion is coming and you'll have to say no to it second by second, hour by hour, minute by minute, year by year, month by month. You're gonna have to say no to it. Is it any different than it's ever been? No, there's always been delusions. The only thing COVID-19 did was expose people. It didn't change anything. It just exposed where we really are. There's a whole bunch of Christians that don't take this life captive. They just go with the flow. Isaiah 5 20 and 21, the modern day delusion. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Exactly where we are. Who put darkness for light? We're here for your health. We're here for your safety. Let's have 15 minute cities for your safety. Yes, you'll have to have a swipe card to even be able to leave your 15 minute zone which are being implemented all over the globe right now. That's why the church must stand. Because that's also all QR coded. How, how Christians can't see The unfolding of the book of Revelation is really beyond me. The reason why is because they don't take every thought captive. They're not active. They're not active in their walk with God, so they become delusional and dull. Calling good evil, good evil. Bitterness for sweet, sweet for bitter. Enabling is good, is what everybody's telling us now. Just enable people, that's a good thing. Lying is now love. Just obfuscate the truth. People coming to church, don't tell them they're going to hell when they're going to hell. Listen to me, I'll I'll tell you flat out right now. You ready? You want to know who's going to hell and who's not? You got one yep over to my far right. This entire swath of humanity. Not one yep, amen, nothing. Why do you not want to know? Is it going to stop it if you don't know? You ever wonder why you have Matthew 7, 21 through 23? Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Whoops. They cast out devils in his name. They spoke with new tongues in his name. How did this happen? They they called Jesus Lord. It just wasn't really Jesus they were calling Lord. It was another Jesus that they made up. So how how does this happen? You ever wonder how people get to that place? Who's going to heaven? Who's going to hell? Very simple. If you have turned from your sin... If you have not turned from your sin and you have a fresh start or a new beginning, you know, everybody who wants a fresh start with Jesus, who wants to follow Jesus this morning? What does that mean? That means your life ends and his begins. It means that you say, you know what? I receive you as my Lord and my Savior and I turn from my sins and I cast All of my sin under the blood of Jesus. Otherwise, you ain't saved. You haven't turned from your sin. You ain't saved. It's belief. And I know I use these verses all the time. But it is belief. To whom did he swear? To whom did God Almighty swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. People people separate faith and works when the Bible says they're the same. It's not a works based gospel. Wrong again. Read the Bible. Stop creating Jesus in your own mind so that you feel better about yourself. So back to levels, back to levels. You're going to have to go to high calling to take down high places. The church in America, if you want to devalue the World Economic Forum, you're going to have to present an option to the World Economic Forum. See, they're offering demonic power. What kind of power are you going to offer? You're not, gonna, you're not gonna get it by just wanting it or going, or going to a revival service. If you're wondering, people probably wondered why hasn't Tom publicly come out and talked about the Asbury revival? Because I wait. I don't comment anymore. When you've been burned as many times as I have by shooting your mouth off, you learn to wait. Those of you who got all excited, you're carnal. You should wait. What are they preaching? I don't care if they sing Waymaker 24-7. What's the doctrine? It might be great. I don't know if we're ever gonna know because I heard that the president of the university is shutting it down. But I'm just saying, it might be the greatest thing in the world. It might be. I'm gonna wait and see. Are you gonna get up on the pulpit and say, you need to turn from your sin? Or is it gonna be another arc style message of, who wants to have a fresh start and a new beginning this morning? Look at our statistics. We had we had 47 fresh starts and 87 new beginnings. <laughs> and not one person was told all the homosexuals are leaving and going believe homosexuals just homosexuality is just fine. You have the fornicators leaving, believing that the fornic- that fornication is just fine. All the guys addicted to pornography came in and said wait and sang Waymaker for four hours. But left still addicted to pornography. I'm not saying that's what's happening there. I'm just saying you have to wait and see. Oh, it's just great that God is breaking. Out. How do you know God's breaking out, <laughs> Tom? You just sound like a cynic. Yeah, that's correct. Since about 99% of churches, how many of those people in there don mass and are, and are pimping vaccines from their pulpits? I want to know before I sit there. Oh, God's just moving. I don't know if He's moving. I'm going to wait. I want to see the doctrine. I want to hear some hellfire brimstone turn or burn Bible thumping or I'm not interested. And they might. They might be doing that. I have no idea since I'm not there so I don't go on social media. I just want to thank God for this great move of the spirit that's happening up in Asbury, Kentucky. Don't do it. You wait. If you want to take down high places, you've got to go to high calling. How do you get to high calling? Where there is no vision, the people perish. So how do you get to high calling? Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision, the people perish. I just told you that. People amen it. I know some of you are like, this is like a tornado in this church. I call you to account just like I call myself to account. How do you get the high calling? People meet me at the door. Man, that was a tough one today. It's just as tough on me as it is on you. When you've wasted most of your Christian life like I did, I wasted my 20s, I wasted my 30s, I wasted my 40s. Quiet in here. I know you're afraid to say it because there's too much to lose. God already knows you already lost it. You get to live to one twenty. I know none of you believe that. You'd rather believe the American Medical Association. You'd rather believe the very people that told you to take vaccines and that masks work than believe the Bible. 120, there's people in Japan riding around on their bikes right now at 115. And all the Americans die at 77. Two years younger than the average age of death of COVID. Average age of death of COVID in the United States is 79. Average, average lifespan in America is 77. What a horrible illness that was. <laughs> what a deadly virus that was. Let's all pretend. So how do you get the high calling? I'm not letting you off the hook. How do you get the high calling? You've got to look at your life on a second by second level. It's not just, I'm, gonna, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm gonna be obedient. Whatever, you, whatever it is, you gotta look at it second by second because you're buffering. And there's a bunch of stacked up decisions. Some of you treat your spouse like crap. You're going nowhere. You won't ever perform a miracle. You, you can't treat somebody who lives in the same home as you you walk down the aisle with, with respect and with honor and with love. You don't know my husband. If he's not out there doing a lot of other stuff with a lot of other women, make it work. Make it work. Let's all be tacit. Let's all be lukewarm. That's why your marriage doesn't work. You're not fervent. The Bible's fervent. You don't have the characteristics of God. You don't have the personality of God. I don't get, I, honestly, I don't get when I look back and Aaron's busting out how he loves us and there's people standing here like this. I don't get it. I'm crying. And even, listen, you're like, well, that's because you feel all the time. No, I don't. I woke up this morning, I felt like poo-poo. <laughs> A steaming pile of poo-poo. On a cold day in Wisconsin where the cow just dumps it all out and you look at it, it's steaming up. I felt just like that. I've got to fly today. I've got to fly out of Sarasota, flying out to Jonathan's board meeting. Thank you, but that's not what I'm telling you. I hate flying. Hate it. It ruins my month. When I know I've got to fly, it ruins my month. Tom, you're, you preach, I know I'm gonna be fine. I know I'm gonna be healthy. This doesn't mean it doesn't scare me. I just don't, I don't speak it. Oh, I wonder if, they, no, I don't, listen. But I woke up, I'm like, oh, crap, I gotta fly. And the main reason why it bothers me, and this is gonna make me sound just like a girl, but I don't care. I love women. I mean, hey, if I'm a little bit like them, I don't care. My main problem is I gotta leave my dog for two days. I feel bad for him. I'm his whole life. He's my whole life. We're gonna be apart for two days. I got great people that are watching him and taking care of him. But still, that's my bud. So I don't always feel great. But I have to take all those thoughts captive. You know what I started doing? Out loud. I reject that. I reject that. I reject that. Do you do that? You gotta do it. I'm not saying you gotta be a nut job like me and do it out loud, but you gotta do it. You know your wife hates what you do, but yet you continue to do it. And I'm not talking about being another being a girl for her. I'm just saying, you know what? Reasonableness. You know that she hates that every single day you're going over to your friend's house and you stay till midnight. Why don't you just do it a couple nights a week? But yet you're buffering because you refuse to make the correct decisions. Whatever that, you don't pray, you don't study the word, you're going nowhere. That's your your decision. I didn't say whether you're going to heaven or hell. I said you're going nowhere. You're not going to high callings. So you're not gonna take down high play. You're not gonna stand up to the World Economic Forum. The good example about Asbury, Kentucky is they got the world's attention. That's a good thing. In order to take down high places, you're gonna have to be a second by second, moment by moment, week by week, month by month, year by year Christian. You have to. You're about to say that little snarky thing you say all the time. Stop it. Right now. Not tomorrow. Not I'm praying over it. Not that I'm gonna go get counsel. You already got the counselor's already told you. The friend who sticks closer than the brother, the counselor, the Holy Ghost, has already told you you're not doing it. Some people don't work. You're going nowhere. I know Christians who don't work. How do you not work? Why don't you just go be a Democrat? Just give up. How do you not work? How do you not how do you not when you when you know First Timothy chapter 5 verse 8 is staring you in the face. But if any provide not for his own, he's worse than an infidel. That's staring you in the grill and you don't work. Well, I really can't find anything. Can't find anything. There's not a shop in town that doesn't have help wanting it. Well, that's beneath me. How's it beneath you? How how exactly is that beneath you? I remember in law enforcement, I had to go out because I was in charge of the crossing guards. That was a glorious job. (laughs) And they're all 80 and above. (laughs) Nothing against them. You're supposed to be young at 80 that they chose to be old at 80. That's on them. You should be 80. You got 40 years to go. Not 80, holding on to life by, by a thread. But anyway, I digress. So lots of them would call out. I can't come today, I can't do this. Okay, they're getting paid, but they can't come. So I would have to go out, I would go, and before I would call a patrol deputy to fill it in, which I could do every time if I wanted to, I would always take the first hit myself. Even as a supervisor, I would go and stand the post myself. So I'd stand there and walk kids across the road. Is that beneath me? Sergeant with the sheriff's office? No, how's it beneath me? I, I remember one time at Dearborn in Indiana. I'm standing out there and you have to stand the post. You can't sit in your car. And it just a monsoon opens up. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about rain. I'm talking about Niagara Falls from heaven. Drenched to the core. And I stood there the whole time, 30 minutes, just pouring off my badge like a a waterfall. It's not beneath me. I worked when I was in college at Taco Bell. I told you this before. I didn't even qualify as a stuffer. You have two positions at Taco Bell unless they've changed it. It's true. You got a steamer and you're a stuffer. If you suck, you're a steamer. That's you get out all those, all the, all the various burrito shells and whatever you call them, out of the steam. And you slab on, you put, you get out like, a, basically looks like a little concrete tool. And you slab on the whatever, the burrito, uh, beans, whatever they are, I can't refried beans. And you pass it down the line. That was my job. Eight hours, steam, pouring, sweating. All because I wasn't good enough to be a stuffer. My buddy and I applied. We were both these two college football players. both Well over six foot tall. He was a linebacker. I was an offensive lineman. We, didn't, we had no money. We were stuck and we had to go to it. In the Florida university system, you have to have a semester of summer school. That's the way they keep, your, keep the money flowing. So we were doing that, and we had no money, nothing. Matter of fact, all we lived on was Taco Bell because they gave us free food. <laughs> so during our eight-hour shift, we ate the entire time. <laughs> but we went in and tried out together. The tryout was you sit there and watch you know, like an hour-long film and back in the back room, then they gave us our uniforms, which are meant for normal-sized people. And you get, like, this little vest, and the vest was like, the bottom of it was right here on me. I had high-water bobs that were this high off the ground, and they were, what's the color? Fuchsia was the color. Orange and fuchsia was the color. So that's what we wore. And we never washed them either. We just lay them on the floor they had bean burrito stuff all over and we shake it out put them back on go to work (laughs) time to go to work but then we both tried out and he beat me out for stuffer so I got to stand in the steam all day he got to stand in the air conditioning all day that's just the way that it is so using that so that you're not a steamer how do you get to high places? Never I'm not letting you off the hook. How do you get there? Every second. What am I supposed to be doing? What am I not supposed to be doing? They're going to present themselves. You're not going to have to think about it. It's coming for you. When that irritating person comes along, what are you going to do? You're going to be a fool that shows his annoyance at once? Proverbs 12:16. Because nobody going to know you're bothered cuz you're denying yourself. That's the kind of decisions you have to make. Are you going to pray today? Are you going to study the word today? Are you going to worship today? Some of you already made your decision that you're not worshiping today based on when I turned around and looked at you. C minus on the worship today. Not great. Sorry. It's the way it is. I had some good moments, but overall. <laughs> You can go. You can. You can go to high calling. If you go to high calling, you can take down high places, or you can choose nominal Christianity. Because I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes. I'm going to close. 10-15 minutes max. Had a flight to catch. <laughs> Flying to Las Vegas, by the way. That's where we're meeting. You're like Tom. Pastors are in Las Vegas. Yeah. Why not? I'm not going to some. Uh, brothel out there, <laughs> and gambling's not in the Bible, so they can. Yeah, I'm not gambling; I don't have no interest in it. But that's where we got to fly out to. So I, you know, I can't preach all day, but I do want to close with this. You can choose to go to high calling or you can choose nominal Christianity. Just be an average. Nominal Christian, which by the way, if you're an average Christian, that means you're actually way below what God wants. It's not that you're average in the eyes of God. You're way below what God wants, which is how I spent 18 to 50 as a Christian. 18 to 50. You're like, Tom, doesn't it wound you to say that? No, I can't change it. All I can do is take my next 70 years from 50 to 120 and do what God wants me to do. And I have begun to do that three years ago. I needed some help, I needed some tutelage. And when the tutelage came, guess what I did? I took it. I listened. Hey, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, hey, Tom, do this. Okay don't do that okay day after the hurricane flies in this helicopter i'm pouting he knows i'm pouting my wife tells him i'm pouting <laughs> you gotta have church on sunday he says and i said you know it's almost it's 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 almost out of psalm 27 when thou sayest seeking my face my lord my fa- my i said unto thee But thy face lord will i seek how does it go? When thou sayest, seek my face. My heart said to thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. And when Rodney Howard Brown, not equating him to the Lord, but when he said, you will have, he's my pastor. He said, you know what? You're gonna have a church service on Sunday. I don't care if you have to have it in the parking lot. I didn't go, well, you know, no, okay. We're having a church service. That's what you do when the word of God speaks to you. Sometimes when pastoral authority speaks to you, if they are speaking the word of God to you, you do it now. You don't need to pray over it now. Or you can choose nominal Christianity. Which, sad to say, and you're not going to like this, I already, I already told you that I wasted the first 50 years of my life. You're like, Tom, you raised good kids. I don't say that every last aspect of it was a waste. But where are all the souls that I could have won? But Tom, haven't you won hundreds or thousands Yeah. But what was I supposed to win? How many people are supposed to be, how many people died of cancer because I wasn't praying over them? That's the truth. Jesus dispatched his disciples to go lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Behold, I give unto you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Luke 9, 1 and 2. Luke 10, 19. So how, was I doing that? You're like, Tom, didn't you witness to people and win people at the sheriff's office? I did. I did. But what was I supposed to do? You shouldn't be such a critic. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says examine yourself. You do that? You ever do that? If those of us who say we do, then why, why isn't change occurring? Because the moment that you examine yourself, the Holy Ghost says change this, add this, subtract that. Why haven't you? Why? I know, listen, I know preaching a message like this is gonna give me more empty purple chairs. I know, That's, but I never change. I preach the same thing all the time. I know, I preach what God tells me to preach. If you're listening to the Holy Ghost, then the Holy Ghost can have you preach the Bible. The Holy Ghost doesn't speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he speaks. Right. Nominal Christianity, what is it? Let's define it. Matthew 25, 26 and 27. Matthew 25, 26 and 27. But his Lord answered and said to him, this is the parable of the talents. So you have the, the three servants given five talents, given two talents, given one talent. Everybody got it? That's money, but it's also very relatable to today with our talent, the gifts that God has given you. But his Lord answered and said to him, he's speaking to the, to the servant who was given one talent, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not set, uh, ga- scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. What did that evil servant do? That's not you, by the way, if you're nominal. See, I'm so sweet. I'm sweet. I'm I'm showing you who you are. The useless servant did absolutely nothing with the word of God, buried it into the ground and pretended like God was this horrible person. Which is what you hear. Everybody, it's very symbolic or emblematic of today. People don't serve the real God so they create their own, knowing that he's a harsh master. And so they just, they just hide from God, bury it in the ground, hide, and create their own God. That's the, evil, that's the evil people who will go into the outer darkness with weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's not you if you're nominal. So you're gonna be like, oh man, I'm gonna choose nominal. Very dangerous, we'll get to that. Tom just said, I can go to heaven and be nominal. Woohoo! get the TV back on. The nominal is verse 27. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own, my own with interest. That's the nominal Christian. They get their Christianity, put it in the bank, and sit on it. As Andrew Wilmack says, Get all you can, can what you have, and sit on the can. That's the nominal Christian. That's 90% of this room. I know you're never coming back. It's okay. God will keep this ministry alive without you. God does not need you. God wants you. Far more powerful emotion. That's 90% of this room. That was me for 50 years. Actually, not 50, because I got saved when I was 18. So 42 years. That's a shame. Quiet in here. It's the truth. Why be bothered by it? I'm not bothered. Do you think I mope around all day long? Oh, I wasted so many years. No, I just wait for Hope's phone call for my lunch. I do what God tells me to do. Nothing more, nothing less. You sound like Pastor Roddy. That's correct, because I get pastored and I listen. I don't do more or less. Tom, we want to start this ministry for sex slaves coming out of Africa. Go ahead. What do you, I'll give you a donation. I'm not doing it. It's not what God's called me to do. It's not that I don't love them or anything else. It's not what God's called me to do. Tom, we want to start this homeless ministry. Go ahead. Do what you want to do. People always want me to do it. You do it. I'm full. How many more broadcasts do you want me to do? You do it. Well, we saw this program where the needy are getting shoes. Well, get busy. Go get shoes. Well, I don't have any money. You got 20 bucks. Go buy a pair of shoes and give them to somebody. Plant the seed and let God water it, and your ministry will grow. Nobody ever do it. Everybody's always got to start big. You ever read the Bible in Matthew 25, 21? Do not despise small beginnings. Go ahead. Get busy. Well, you know, I want to start this ministry where we feed the, feed the homeless or feed people in need. Well, go start feeding them. There's people in your neighborhood. Bring them food. I had a guy in my own neighborhood, which my neighbor's a little bougie, actually. It's on the water. I'm not on the water, but the houses are on the water. But there was a guy that lived back there his name was George. He's dead now. He's an old guy. And we called him uh, Mr. Mr. Skivvies because <laughs> Heather knows. he's in the neighborhood. Because he lived his life in his white underwear. Only. And they were saggy. And he was definitely a charter member, as am I, in the never should be seen without a shirt club. Stop laughing, Heather. You make me laugh when you laugh. And I would regularly drive home and see him out doing road work because our, our road at that time was dirt. He'd be out there doing that in his underwear. So I stopped in my police car and I said, Hey, dude, listen, you really ought to put some pants on. You really, you really ought, to put, you ought, you ought to put some pants on he goes, why, am I breaking the law? I said, well, not really. I said, but some fruits coming out of the loom. (laughs) You gotta put some pants on. But he was very, very poor. And you're like, Very poor. And it's like the first time I ever met George was I drove up to his house and he was probably well into his 80s. And of course, he was in his underwear. And (laughs) I'd met him on the road before this when I told him to put his on, but I never knew where he lived or how he lived. So the first time I actually really talked to him outside of like law enforcement, I drove back to the house and I saw and this house looked like it was completely abandoned. I actually thought it was abandoned. I didn't even know that that was George who lived there. I didn't even know. I knew he lived somewhere in the neighborhood and he walked around in his underwear. He lived in one of the houses on the river and he was renting it and it's it just very dilapidated. So I go up to the house and I thought it was abandoned. It was that bad. All the There was trees growing out of his gutters. I mean, it was, and I couldn't believe, finally, like he opened up the door and I went, I'm like, what the and then He goes, and we start talking. And he, started, he takes me back into the house, you know. I'm on duty. And I'm like, and he goes, let me show you this. And I'm like, this is right out of a movie. <laughs> so I'm, I'm unclicked. I'm following behind him like this, you know. And he goes, let me show you what's in my freezer. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> I just unclicked it. I just had, but I'm right here. He can't see me. I'm hovering behind him like, you, you do anything. If I see some head staring back at me, I'm shooting you. You're going down. <laughs> but he was very poor, no air conditioning, nothing. So I didn't go. Now, I'm the pastor of a church at that time, pastor of this church at that time. But I didn't go to somebody. I didn't go to Aaron and say, Aaron, we want to start a, a feeding program. You know what I did? Bought him food and drove it to his house. That's Christianity. Second by second, not the big picture, not despising small beginnings. You do it now. Right now. You don't put your callings and your gifts and your money and your time in the ground and sit on it. You don't put it in the bank and sit on it. Yes, if you've received Jesus and you don't get rid of the talents and you just put them in the bank and gain interest, nominal Christianity, yes, you can go to heaven that way. Nominal Christians, here's a list for you. Do not make second by second decisions. Do not take every thought captive. Do not make stands. They don't make a stand. All of this is the Bible, by the way. You're to take every thought captive. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. They don't guard their heart, which you're supposed to do above all else. They don't guard their mouth, which is a wellspring of both life and death. They don't guard it. I would venture to say that that's probably number one on every nominal Christian's list in this room. Guard your mouth. What do you say? What do you say? It doesn't matter what you believe. What do you say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The devil has no idea what you think until you say it. No idea. The reason why nominal Christians don't do these things is Jesus isn't important enough to them. He's not important enough for a second by second, God. He's not at the forefront. We're not seeking him first. I got my kids, I got to get them to soccer practice. I got Jesus in the bank gaining interest. (laughs) Finishing with this. Okay, Tom, great. I'm just going to stay nominal because, you know, you just said, God, you know, I can go to heaven that way. God gets the minimum. I get the maximum. I go to heaven. Is that theoretically possible? I'm going to preach long. We're going to close short today. Everybody good so you can relax. It's 12.10, preach long, close short. It's 12.10, we'll still be out of here by 12.20. Is that good? So everybody relaxes, because you need to hear this part. Because I don't know how many are in the room, but I'm speaking to nominal Christians right now, of which I was with you for 50 years. And I'm only 54. A fresh 54. (laughs) So I'm not far off of this. I'm going to nominal Christians Anonymous. Hello, my name is Tom. I'm a nominal Christian. Hi, Tom. So is, thank you. So is it, the, is it theoretically possible to go to heaven as a nominal believer? Yes. Is it likely? Love of most will go cold. Grow cold. Wasn't always cold grows cold is it theoretically possible yes does it happen yes but notice that the parable of the talents found in Matthew chapter 25 notice that he doesn't say that it is what are the what are the three options in the parable of the talents the servant that was given five talents that produced five more the servant that was given two talents that produced two more And the servant that was given one talent that buried in the sand produced nothing and went out into the outer darkness with his weeping and gnashing of teeth. Those are the three options. He mentions it as a possibility that you could have at least put it in the bank and been nominal. He's still not ever mentioned as a possibility. Weird, isn't it? We We ought to heed the witness of the Bible, of the word of God. And this is where I'll finish. Nominal Christianity and or what I would call dispassionate Christianity is not the design of the gospel. It is not the gospel to be dispassionate about your walk with God. Well, you know, I just added God into my life. And, you know, he's my Savior. When it comes to sin, he's my Lord. And I hesitate to say that because most Christians who call themselves Christians, he's not their Lord when it comes to sin either. They never were even taught to turn from their sin. They were just taught there's no sin that you can commit that God won't forgive. There's no sin, there's no sin that you can commit that God's grace won't run down. None of those are Bible verses, none. None, but it fills pews. With the talent that we have at this church, I could fill this church. Just water it down a little bit. I could fill this church with the talent that we have. I've never done it, never have, never will. It's boring. You know, that's my whole thing. It's not even, I'm not even doing that for you. I would tell you if it was for you. The reason why we have free food back here, and by the way, this isn't garbage food. This is top of the line, free food back here. Stay and eat. I'm talking about real food. Beef is back here. There's some really kind people that did a church review last week. They sat in the front row of the church. Very sweet. But they put, well, we think that it's, you know, There's food provided, but you you may have to pay. They said we may have to pay for it. No, it's free. Free. All right. So I do that for you. I preach the way that I preach, number one, for God, but number two for me. Because I would be bored out of my mind preaching a dull butter knife. Out of my mind. You know. We don't want anybody to feel condemned because they weren't healed. First of all, condemnation and healing have nothing to do with each other. But you're supposed to be healed every time. If you weren't, it's your fault. It is. That's what the Bible says. The truth is coming for you anyway. Why not just receive it? I do. You're like you've, If you've been coming to this church for a while, you've seen me knocked out of commission twice. Once with sickness, once with a back blowout. I never backed off the word of God. I said what, I came right back to the pulpit and said, the reason why I was sick, the reason why I was infirm was because of unbelief, on my part. That's the Bible, why run from it? Most people, you shy away from that. Why are you shying away as a believer from Jesus, which is the word of God? So closing with this, worship team, make your way. It'll hold me accountable, I got six minutes. Six minutes till we're out the door. That's a promise. So pay close attention to this. Dispassionate Christianity is not the gospel of Jesus. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom That cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Are you being consumed or are you the extinguisher? Not there, Lord. Not there, Lord. Matthew 5, 6. Listen to the fervency. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Not tacitly crave, not attend righteousness, but hunger and thirst for it. Second by second, every day. Lord, what would you have me done? Listen, don't be a Nazi. I'm not talking about being a Nazi. I'm talking, don't, don't get into paralysis of self-analysis. That's carnal. The options will present themselves Today. They're coming. You will have the opportunity to waste your life today on this, or you'll study the word, and you'll pray. You choose. Your wife, probably, if she's not a godly woman, or your husband, if he's not a godly man, is going to be sent to you today as a messenger of Satan to see if you listen to this message. I got mean, yeah, real quiet because I said "Messenger of Satan." <laughs> to see if you're going to do it. Are you finally not going to say it? Are you finally not going to roll your eyes? Fool shows his annoyance at once. In closing, I'll tell you this: it's very dangerous to be nominal. Very dangerous. Why? Because it's not the design of the gospel. Closing with this verse, and we're done. Matthew 6 24 no man can serve two masters for either he will love one and hate the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God in this world God and mammon you will hate one and love the other you will either love being nominal and hate fervency that's how most Christians are well you know it's great what the word says. You know, we all appreciate that if you bind, we know what Matthew 16, 19 says, that if you bind, it's bound. If it's loose, you lose. But you know what? You gotta use wisdom. <laughs> Nominal Christian. Nominal. You, that person has ended up hating the word. They're preaching against the word. They're doing it in a tacit, camouflaged way where well, you gotta use Wisdom but they actually hate the word because no man can serve two masters. You will love it or you will hate it. It's coming. That's why, that's why you have to give in to having a great marriage. You'll either love your spouse or you will hate your spouse. You can't do, you can't be nominal. You will choose. That's the human condition. There's not a thing you can change about it. And you make that decision every second every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year. Amen? Amen. Praise you, Lord. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.